he took and ate up all my corn. Let me go home. Why don't they let me go home? He no. threw away my grits. <laughs> Not the corn, anything but the corn. Please just let me go home to get some corn. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Lyric Boys. I'm Lucian Flores, and with me is Andrew Stieglitz. Andrew, say hello. Hello. Wow. Every episode, we pick one of our favorite bands, and we take 10 of their craziest, wildest, most insane, weirdest lyrics, and we talk about it. It's a very simple podcast idea for very simple minds. This week, we are talking about the Beach Boys. Yeah, make some noise for the Beach Boys. Want to hear Steaks? You want to hear me intro the Beach Boys? Say a little bit who they are. I do. I want to hear all about the Beach Boys. Go. Okay. The Beach Boys formed in 1961 in California. They're known for just their very distinctive peppy harmonies, really happy songs about like high school romances, racing cars and surfing. At least in the beginning of their career, their first hit song was surfing from 1961 and it's got a great origin story brian wilson of the beach boys said that his brother dennis came home from the beach and he was like hey surfing's getting pretty big you guys ought to write a song about it so that is the origin (laughs) of the beach boy sound so many songs about surfing car racing uh they just were like a such an a they released so many songs in the 60s so they're big like the biggest like most probably influential beach boys album was pet sounds from 1966 which was their 11th album (laughs) so between 61 and 66 they released 11 albums that's crazy yeah and so pet sounds they basically that's more than the beatles entire catalog yeah (laughs) yeah in in five years so pet sounds is one of the most influential albums of all time basically like it's rolling stones like second best album of all time it was I think number one is number one Sergeant Pepper. Number one was Sergeant Pepper's. So basically, it was this thing where Brian Wilson, member of the Beach Boys, he had a nervous breakdown on tour. He collapsed in the aisle of an airplane, started crying, and he was like, I can't tour anymore. You guys continue touring. I'm gonna take a year off and just like make an album wow. that we'll then make. So then at 23 years old, he basically had this like the classical like crazy troubled genius moment basically produced composed like all most of this album like on his own like with him at the forefront and the album's like got pop jazz classical instruments like it's 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 a it's a crazy different sound for the beach boys is and it it didn't do too well <laughs> initially but it's like one of the most classic albums of all time and then sergeant peppers by the beatles came out the next year and they were like oh my god what do we do now? How do we at all continue this? And so the Beach Boys career, they're still technically a band, but it's just Mike Love, who's like an OG member and a big Trump supporter. Who like goes oh, as wow. Like, really? Yeah. He's basically the Beach Boys now. Um, they've all like sued each other. There's like relatives. They had a falling out and they released the song Kokomo in 1988, which is like a little yeah. bit of like a mess. So yeah, that's, that's the Beach Boys. Um, They've had 36 songs in the top 40, which is a record for a U.S. rock band. So, wow. One of them, this is probably the most influential band we'll talk about so far on this pod. 
Pretty cool. Yeah. So I'll start it off. Start it off. Hit me with lyric number one. Lyric number one is from the 1963 album Little Deuce Coop. And surprise, surprise, it's the song Little Deuce Coop. So the this song is basically just like the Beach Boys bragging about their car. And the lyric is, she's got a competition clutch with the four on the floor. And she purrs like a kitten to the lake pipes roar. And if that ain't enough to make you flip your lid, there's one more thing. I got the pink slip daddy flipping my lid at that lyric right now yeah i think everyone at home is flipping their lids at how savage that lyric was (laughs) (laughs) yeah that sounds like the original like i got i got this pimped out ride right here yeah um oh totally and so just yeah i'm just gonna say that last part again if that ain't enough to make you flip your lid there's one more thing i got the pink slip daddy so if you're listening at home, you don't know what pink slip is. Basically, that was like the piece of paper that was like this car is like Lucian Flores's or Andrew Stieglitz was a pink piece of paper. So people used oh, to okay. race. I didn't, I didn't know that. I was curious. People used to race their cars. So if I took my parents 2014 Mazda CX-5 and raced it against your girlfriend's 2009 Honda Civic. Uh, 2011. <laughs> 2011 right. Honda Civic. The winner would keep both cars basically. And you'd get the, your opponent's pink slip. So wild, wild world. Yeah, um, that is a wild world. That is so, none of that. I feel like could ever go on today because if that happens <laughs> today, everybody who did that would be dead. Somebody would pull out yeah. a gun and kill the other person. That's such like a fifty. I know that this is sixty three, but it, mm-hmm. it just sounds so fifties to me. I mean, yeah. they're like their sound is still very fifties too at this point. But like the whole idea of like. Me and my friends, we're going to race each other. And on the honor system, we're going to all trust that if whoever wins is going to get the other person's fucking car. That's insane. I mean, Jesus, that's the only time in history I feel like that could happen. And be like, well, he won. He took my car. What happens if you lose? Do you walk home or do you catch a ride with the person who won your car? What do you do? Also, how fucking embarrassing. That's like the most yes. embarrassing loss of all. You can't, your girlfriend's breaking up with you at that point. Mm. You're just a little fucking beta cuck to her. Wow. Uh, <laughs> you didn't drive fast enough to keep her love. Yeah. Also, yeah. you know, you know that now that you mentioned that Mike Love is a Trump supporter, I kind of hear it in these older songs. I kind of hear that like, <laughs> this is when America was great type like like naive 1950s uh like view of the world you know what i mean yeah i know what you mean but the band is so big that i don't know if mike love is necessarily the biggest influence at this time i I don't know enough about them sure sure. but But, you know what like they have that like very naive 1950s like oh the world was safe back then for us mm -hmm. white folk oh yeah I think that's just like all these songs in general feel that way. It, it reminds me of American Graffiti, the movie as well. Oh, which yeah, is like this definitely. world that yeah. you can you can go through your teen years driving a hot rod down avenues, inviting women into your car just for like mm-hmm. a couple of blocks and and that's like how you win hearts. And then yeah. you race cars and then you eventually die in Vietnam War. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. So now, would you yeah. go back to that world? Like do you think mm-hmm. that you would 
enjoy that world because uh, to be honest i don't know if i would i think I don't about know that if too. i fit in there i wonder what it would be like to just constantly be driving down avenues i would rather just get to my destination hot take <laughs> well i think <laughs> but it's life is about the like journey an, man yeah well when it's like an open road and it's not like a crowded modern day city mm-hmm. it's different but like i just the world of like just existing there it seems like there's so much more nostalgia than necessary mm. like it's it probably wasn't as great as like all the nostalgia heads would have you believe true but i got the pink slip daddy also love that he's basically insulting this man calling him daddy is very funny to me and just one big thing about the early beach boys career so there's this quote brian wilson was asked about all these songs about cars because the beach boys have so many songs about cars so many songs about cars it's insane and he's basically like did you guys race cars did you did you go to car races and brian wilson says no we never we never went to the races and then the person was like was there a particular car associated with the song 409 or a little deuce coupe and brian wilson said not really no we just used the name i didn't know that much about cars anyway so just like I, they ruining also, my dream of that this is the beach boys life right allegedly they weren't really big surfers either oh that's another quote i was gonna say but yeah basically uh, yeah there's a, there's a quote somewhere only dennis wilson brian wilson's brother could surf he yeah, was the no. only one who surfed out of and all their the entire persona is is constructed around surfing the first like however six albums is surfing and cars and then to be like one of us did one of those things <laughs> it's just like if you were making a band today and you're just like TikToking and um getting through active shooter drills at school <laughs> that's the high school experience right <laughs> yeah that's the high school <laughs> um, yeah no that would be like me singing about like growing up in the hood yeah it would like, be. You shouldn't it, attempt it's, it. It's not. <laughs> it's uh. It's not my place. It's not yeah. their place. I mean, with less of a controversy <laughs> than than what they would. You have and you know probably the same amount of growing up in the hood that the Beach Boys actually knew about surfing and cars, which is nothing. <laughs> nothing at all. <laughs> yeah. All right. What's your first lyric, Andrew? So I'm gonna I'm gonna jump off your little deuce Woo. coop. And, and I'm, I'm going to jump off the early Beach Boys vibe for a second and pick yes. another song from that album. Uh, uh, and it, it is Be True to Your School. Ah. You know this song? I don't know this song. They have so <laughs> many. All these 60s bands have like 20 song albums of like two minutes. I know. Yeah. And, and I, like, I did not know this album at all. And yeah. I perusing through their songs like a lot of times this might be a little too behind the scenes but for this podcast i sometimes go to songs i don't know and try and pick out like or some albums i don't know and pick out lyrics that jump or song titles that jump out to me oh yeah like oh this is probably gonna have fun lyrics so i saw this title i was like be true to your school what the fuck is this i I definitely did that too with some songs (laughs) yeah and so man this is there's a lot to get in here so uh the lyric is when some loud braggart tries to put me down and says his school is great i say now what's the matter buddy ain't you heard my school is number one in the state wow let me tell you how fucking nerdy and uncool 
I don't know when the switch was made. Maybe sometime okay. in the 70s. But I think there was a switch where, like, it was at one point cool to wear the Letterman jacket and love your school and have the pride in your school colors. And okay. it is just, not, I don't know about you, but when I was in high school, even the even the jocks, even, like, the guys mm. on the football team were like, yeah, fuck this place. This place sucks. And nobody fucking cares. Seaford pride. Fuck, fuck that shit. That's probably because your school was lame. And you didn't yeah, go to yeah, number what? one. Um, I think but that like, this. Uh, well, did you have that experience? I definitely have like more pride in my high school than I do in my college. I think. Really, that is yeah. so the. Well, we had different high school experiences for sure. Even though, but that I've is got so the Boston opposite. University pennant yeah. behind me. That's um, so the opposite of my of my experience. When I, I got to college, I was finally like, "Oh, a school I can be proud of." Yeah. I think it's just because the college is so big that you feel like just another cog in the college machine versus mm-hmm. like a small high school. You're like, we're in this together. Um, so, yeah. but do you think that uh, the Beach Boys are like, our high school is so good academically? In my mind, it's just the football team. It's like, who cares about academics? Or right. they're like, our calculus department is fucking lit. So don't <laughs> even come at my school. So I, I yeah I, well it is the football team but yeah. I like what I'm saying is that even the guys on the football team were like yeah we're not mm. good a good school like we're not good it doesn't matter like Seaford Pride is bullshit like they would say like like you'd hear over the announcements shit like okay Seaford Pride and everybody everybody would laugh and be like wow Pride fuck that shit that's that's so funny to me yeah no, I feel like we had Pride in my high school but like we it was like I went to a K through twelve school. And so, like, you're with everyone all the time. So it's like this is all some of the, so some people that went there. I joined in fifth grade, but some people that were there like that whole time. That's all they know. Yeah. So if you like come at the school, that's like their whole formative. formative I mean, there were definitely guys. There were definitely like the more jockey types, I guess, that mm-hmm. were like, yeah, Seaford, but. It didn't feel like it permeated through the school at all. And if you went around, mm-hmm. like, if you weren't on a team. Or, like, if you weren't, like, especially on, like, a football team, I guess, yeah. or, like, one of the big teams, and you wore, like, one of the Letterman jackets, like a Seaford Letterman jacket, mm-hmm. people were like, what the fuck are you doing with that? Take that shit off. First of all, you're not on the team. Uh, uh, what's your problem, you fucking poser? Like, that's, that's how it would be. Of course, we're talking about David Letterman jackets, just to yes. be clear to the audience. Yes. Um, so, speaking, once again, just seamless transitions. From Lucian to Andrew, Andrew Lucian, passing the baton, winning gold medals of podcasting. This is about high school football. It's from, and this is also a song that I just was like, what is this title? From the song Chug a Lug. No, sorry, that's not the song I'm doing. Uh, from the song Pom Pom Playgirl from 1964's Shut Down Volume 2. Shut I actually Down picked a, Volume 2? Yeah, I was confused. That's the name of the album? Yeah, I was conf- there's a shutdown. I was confused whether this was like a compilation record or like a US capital release. I wasn't sure, but it's uh anyway, Pom Pom Playgirl. Song slaps as all these songs do. Mm-hmm. Um I actually- honestly I'm going to have a hot take here and say be true to your school. The 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 music is cool and catchy, but the mm-hmm. lyrics were so fucking dumb mm. and nerdy. That I was like, wow. does not slap. Sorry, Beach Boys. So I'm going to do a couple lyrics, but then I'll just say the from the song, if that's okay, and then we'll talk. Go. So Pom Pom Playgirl. You see her in a short skirt 
down on the grass. She's wondering if the team's going to run, kick, or pass. Since she doesn't really know why she's waving her hands, she's a thinking about the boy sitting up in the stands. Wow. So just stopping there, just like the latent sexism of that to be like, all this woman's doing is wearing a shirt skirt and she doesn't understand football enough to know what's happening. She's just got <laughs> eyes for that boy. And it's like this woman's here every single day on the sidelines, right? Yeah. She's like been cheerleading at all the football games. Like, I think she knows like a thing or two about Yeah, like, she could go down there. Imagine she goes down there. She's got like her pom-poms in her skirt and she's like, listen, you guys are in a nickel defense. You need to be in a zone defense. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just like the I, idea what that, I just like, said. To be honest, I don't even really know if that was right. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't know anything about football like sk- schematics. It's yeah, like nickel, either. dime, yeah, cover eight. I don't know. <laughs> so <laughs> and Madden, I just hit Madden. a button. I just yeah. yeah, I just hit a button. <laughs> so just the idea that that they're like this woman clearly doesn't know about football. So the idea that she's just waving her hands and doesn't know why is just it's rude. It's rude to even suggest that Beach Boys. Yeah. Um, it is also, there's something so impressive to me about cheerleaders maintaining that aura of cheeriness when a team is down like 36 to nothing. Oh, and they're still like, we still got it. Like, come on. Like we're like, (laughs) there is in the song, uh, be true to your school that I was talking about. There's Mm -hmm. throughout the background of that song, the like background harmonies are rah, rah, sis, boom, ba, or like the other beach boys doing that cheer. Yeah. Which is just, it's like, (laughs) Well, Come according on, to man. to Genius, the background vocals of this are chi chi ba ooh. <laughs> <laughs> they're so, they're okay. too good sometimes for the lyrics that they sing. I think. Well, also, I think Lyric Genius doesn't know how to translate just like noises. Okay. Um. So, other other things about this song, the second lyric I want to bring up is since she's the head cheerleader, she dates the quarterback. And her best friends going out with the fullback. She might even run for an office this spring. And that ought to really make her telephone ring. <laughs> Question. Is, okay. All right. Go. go. <laughs> when running for office, are we thinking like she's going straight from like whatever high school or college straight into like local office Congress? You is know, that what we're talking about? Here's a, you brought up that it's sexist, but they are saying here that maybe this this is potentially the first woman president. Yeah, I was so wondering. They, this they are too. valuing her intelligence a little bit. You, that, well, it's like this view of politics once again in the simplicity of this Beach Boys view of white suburban Americana. Yeah. Dude, it's like Where too if you're much white, for me. It's everything too much. Works out for you. She, yeah, and I I come from a suburban place, but yeah. this is like too. It's too fucking American for me. <laughs> well, so the idea to me is just like the idea that like, I'm sure someone listens to the song and's like, that's how politics should be. Yeah. Oh, for sure. You're yeah. popular. Quarterback. You're popular. You're running this, for office. This, like, this is a boomer's dream, right here. Yeah. This song is an absolute boom, boomer's dream. Like. Like, oh, mm. you want to see, like, the hot blondes on the arm of the quarterback, and the quarterback is, like, making some important speech, and he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about because he's brain dead from getting hit too many times. This song, <laughs> if it's the boomer dream, then clearly the boomer celebrity couple is Jay Cutler, quarterback, and Tommy Lahren, Fox News correspondent. What's more American than that? 
Dude, but that's that's exactly what they're talking about here. Is yeah. like that f- fucking stupid view of America. Mm-hmm. That All was right. The most eloquent thing I could have said on this podcast. That was very eloquent. <laughs> uh, Do you give me your second? So my next lyric <laughs> yes. is from the song "I'm So Young." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these these. T- what a freeing lyric, <laughs> freeing title. It's just like the, uh, I love it. Where there's lament in that title because he's too uh-huh. young. The song is about he's too young to get married to the girl he loves. Oh, it's so nice. The thing about the Beach Boys. Before I get into the lyric, is that like they are they came up around the time of the Beatles, right? But like the Beatles are just so much cooler mm-hmm. to me as like people. Yes. And as musicians and as like rock stars, because I just feel like the Beach Boys are so, especially listening now in Trump's America, they're so boomer ish. They're such fucking boomers. It's like, it's, it's so 1950s Leave It to Beaver. It's like listening to Leave It to Beaver, the musical, sometimes. If you look at pictures of like the Beatles from the early 60s, when. Before, like, when they just started the Beatles and when, like, Stuart Sutcliffe was still, like, a member and stuff. And they would wear their leather jackets and have, like... Yeah. Like, greasy hair. And then the Beach Boys equivalent photos are them in, like, striped sweaters. Yeah. Like, with, like, really, like, handsomely maintained haircuts. And and also, like, this song, I'm So Young, that I'm about to talk about, uh, came out in 65... And that's when the mm. Beatles came out with Rubber Soul, which yeah. was like their first album that they sung about like smoking weed and like Oh yeah. They were just like rock and roll and the Beach Boys were like I just want to marry my I mean the Beatles definitely sung like I just want to marry my girl. But like I feel like there are people today who talk about the Beatles being like boomer-ish and it they mm. they they are like fucking Kendrick Lamar compared they're like run the jewels compared to the Beach Boys <laughs> all right you've built up this lyric let's hear it okay it's not even it's not it's like four words so the beginning of the song and I picked this lyric mostly because of how funny it sounded when they sung it the beginning it's right when you hit play it's just it's I guess Brian Wilson in his falsetto voice going I have a girlfriend <laughs> And it just sounds like what wow. <laughs> I have a girlfriend. Just, I have a girlfriend. That's it. It wow. just sounds like what like an incel would do if they finally got a girlfriend. Just being like, Hallelujah, I have a girlfriend. It's like I no longer have to go on the internet to troll. Yeah. Now I have something else to occupy my time with. It literally I was just listening to that album to get lyrics for this podcast and yeah. that song came on and I laughed. I was like, that <laughs> sounds so fucking ridiculous. I have a girlfriend. It's nice. It's nice, right? It's like sweet. Good for him. He's a girlfriend. Jesus Christ, man. Like, there's such... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to shit on the Beach Boys because I think that they are very good and they're so influential. But God, they're such nerds. I will say that... And listening. I'm a nerd, but they're such fucking dorks. <laughs> We've got some nerd on dork violence happening right now. <laughs> I will say listening to the Beach Boys for this podcast what made me so happy. I was just yeah, like yeah. so I had like a smile on my face the whole time. I was just like, <laughs> yes. Like I guess put me into this nineteen sixties California America where I get to go. So to, you could you could live in that era then. 
You like you would you would enjoy that. Yeah, I'm white passing enough, baby. Even as a white male, a straight white male, I I still don't think that I would like that America. I I just Mm. feel like that. I feel like that's like the dirty underbelly of America. Actually, it's like sweeping all the problems under the rug, and it's like so obvious to me. I mean, at the time, I guess to them, and still today, it's not obvious to people. But like, it's so obvious that there's something so fucking Mm -hmm. wrong with it. That, like, I just don't think I could stand being there. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I understand that. And that's probably the mature, smart response. But the <laughs> back of my head's like, I'm just driving in cars all day. I love <laughs> yeah. it. Like, you my engine purrs. You could still do that today. Yeah, but then it's creepy. It's like, why is that guy driven around this cul-de-sac three <laughs> times in the last two hours? <laughs> that's true. Um, so, you know what? I gotta, I think my third lyric, I'm gonna pull... From the bad boy side of the Beach Boys. Ooh, I didn't even know there was a... I mean, I, yeah, I guess I did. I feel like I was worried I was going to overdo the bad boy side, and now we're making them seem so tame that... You know what? Actually, fuck it. I'm going to do one more really tame lyric, and then we'll get to the bad boy side. Okay. <laughs> so the really tame lyric is from 1962's album Surf and Safari. Mm-hmm. And it's from this... Surf and Safari, also amazing name. And it's from the song Chug a Lug great title mm-hmm. so <laughs> i just want to say the first to show the bad boy side the first lyric of the song is gary likes a girl's tight black pants Stieglitz <laughs> <laughs> is laughing really hard right now just away from the microphone <laughs> just to give you that image <laughs> again like it's the nerdiest way to say that possible like like you could okay there's so many songs these days still that objectify women right yes. and if you're going to objectify women if you're going to okay. go all in on that okay if if that's going to be the song and that's going to be your persona fucking do it in a cool way right <laughs> be like yeah she got that fat ass don't be like gary loves a woman's tight black pants like that's so creepy it's so fucking creepy you're being yeah. a creep about it just be like yeah nice ass don't be like that tight black pants so, so anyway that's just the song basically has all these intro lyrics about members of the band and the rest of them are like whatever doing stuff and then it goes i go down to the root beer stand and drink up all that i can give me some root beer chug a lug chug a lug chug a lug give me some root beer chug a lug chug a lug chug a lug cold beer root beer here a mug there a mug everybody chug a lug so, and then it goes root beer. Need another mug now. Root beer. Chug a lug now. So, re- I like repeat until that, fade. I like the idea that this guy is so nerdy. Like the the narrator, not not Brian Wilson yeah. himself, but like yeah. this narrator is so nerdy and so like out of touch with society that somebody convinced him. His friends convinced him that root beer has alcohol in it and like it's actual yeah. beer. And he's like, oh, man. And then he goes and he thinks that he's getting drunk. He's the classic kid Kind of like, like how you smokes oregano. Yeah. Or like how you convinced. I'll bleep that. That he was doing coke when it was actually protein powder. <laughs> that did happen. I've never just just shout out to everyone. I've never done coke, but I have Me pretended neither. to do protein powder. 
and then had my friend do protein powder yeah. thinking it was cocaine. Very and I fun. feel like <laughs> I feel like that's what this guy is. He's the guy who everybody's like, this fucking guy, he talks about girls' black pants all the time. Like a fucking weirdo. <laughs> Why don't we tell him that root beer has beer in it and just see what happens? So yeah, this is also just like leaning into the lame root lame beach boys time just the fact that he's singing so much about root beer and that everyone's going chug a lug chug a lug chug a lug it's so incredibly lame yeah but i do respect a song that stands of beverage that isn't alcoholic it's nice it's like it's wholesome (laughs) it's also very funny to me at the end when he goes root beer need another mug now he's like a kid in the throes of a sugar rush or or he thinks he's getting drunk Yes, that too. That's what I like to view this as he thinks he's getting drunk. And then when the lyrics go repeat until fade on Genius, I like to think that means until he's faded off root beer. Hell yeah, he's getting faded. He's like just too sugar rushed. Can't do anything. Dude, (laughs) when this guy gets older and he learns that you can put ice cream in root beer, it's going to be a crazy day for him. (laughs) He's going to come. Yeah, he's going to come. What would be he's the gonna song, make explosion in his pants? What would be the drink that you sing about? Non alcoholic beverage. Non alcoholic beverage, yeah. Hmm. Oh man, what do I want? Uh coffee is great and I drink too much mm, of it. Coffee. It would be a it would be a song that like slow verses, it's like the first verse is a little sleepy as I'm like having my first cup, and then by the end it's like a trap beat that is just undulating and smacking me over the head as I have a caffeine <laughs> rush and my whole body is jittery and it becomes craft work. Yeah. And it becomes computers just like saying nonsense. Anyway. I would sing about peach iced tea. <laughs> Sna- specifically Snapple peach iced tea. Okay, nice. <laughs> we should tweet at them and be like, hey, Snapple, did you happen to hear? Did you stick around for like 20 minutes into the podcast? You should have because we name dropped you. All right, give me your third lyric. Third lyric, okay. Uh, we're still, we're we're still in that phase of like nerdy Beach Boys, uh, mm-hmm. and but we're getting a little bit more uh, introspective here Ooh. for them. So it's it's from the album I'm so that Al- I'm so young is from the Beach Boys mm-hmm, today. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called "She Knows Me Too Well." Ooh. And the lyric is, I get so jealous of the other guy. And then I'm not happy till I make her break down and cry. When I look wow. at the other girls, it must kill her inside. But it would be another story if she looked at the other guys. But she knows me. And I think that this is a really <laughs> charming and catchy depiction of emotional abuse. Oh, yeah. It's like such a bad relationship, girl. You gotta oh. get out of this relationship ASAP. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's like such a bad relationship. Leave that man behind. Yeah, it's it's such a bad relationship. And but it, the song itself is so fucking catchy. And like he has such a like a charming voice and a charming mm-hmm. way about him that he's just like, I emotionally abuse my girl. Woohoo! Yeah. Let's go get some root beer. It's like songs like Run For Your Life by the Beatles. Yeah. You're like, oh, this song one. slaps. And then the song is like, you better run for your <laughs> life if you can, little girl. Yeah, literally. And you're like, all right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Problem. It, Probably not a supportive relationship you want to be in. That that song, too, he literally says, I'd rather see you dead than with another guy. Yeah. <laughs> so this is like, I guess, better than that. So point for the Beach Boys. Um, but it's also like the type of just... The, the the hypocrisy of just like 
oh, I'm going to make her jealous by looking at other girls. But if she talks to another one, another man, mm-hmm. we're done. And also I'm make her cry. The utter like the, the view of yourself that you have to have when you say mm-hmm. like when I look at the other girls, it must kill her inside because I'm just such a fucking God and she wants me so bad. But I'm yeah. looking at the other girls. And meanwhile, she's like, you're not. Look at the other girls. It's like when uh, I was gonna say, like you sometimes you're like, like sometimes I feel like you hear stories about like couples that like start an open relationship because the guy is just like I want to fuck around, and then like he gets nothing whatsoever, <laughs> and then like he's like supremely jealous of like his wife or girlfriend like having multiple lovers, and it just like totally backfires. I heard that. Will Smith is one of these people. Mm. Who, not he that he like, can't get, but he's him and Jada Pinkett Smith mm-hmm. are in an open relationship, and she's like she has like a side piece now. Yeah, I. Fucking it's not. Crazy. I don't think it's. It's not for me. It seems like oh a lot God. of work. It seems like I I just am, like the juggling of your schedule to allow for multiple partners all the time oh. is a lot of work. That is like the idea of that is unfathomable unfathomable to me i did yeah, the other day like, I, I, I went to this deep dive of it because i was like looking for the horror stories and like there's you go to a place like reddit.com where the user base is weird and you go to the subreddit about like people who have polyamorous relationships and then you sort by the fun like the most popular post of all time and it is funny and it's like a mess and it's hilarious <laughs> yeah that just sounds not not for me not there are so many me. stories that people posted like I really wanted an open relationship because I'm unsatisfied with my love life and then I thought I would get so many people and then now my wife gets more attention than me and I have nothing and then we canceled the open relationship but in the interim she saw all these people and I saw no one and now I don't know what to do and it's like oh dude, my god just like, <laughs> have, oh. you should have <laughs> the relationship is probably not good yeah, you should just probably end it. You're just done, end man. it at that point yes. yeah oh my god that that's like a Oh, I can't do that because I do sympathize mm-hmm. with 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 the jealousy a little bit. I can I can I can get there. I'm there. I don't like yeah, it. I mean, it doesn't feel well, good to be jealous. I don't want to be. If but you're like, in a you know, I have this relationship, yeah. you expect the that to be something. Oh right? yeah, so, poly, polyamory is not yeah. for me. No. Yeah, it makes sense. If, if it's it makes for sense you, that you would get jealous then. If it's for you, go for it. I could never ever fucking do it. Hit me with that fourth lyric, baby. All right. We got to do Bad Boy Beach Boys now. I get around. Ugh. Just that name, that title. You know what's up. I get around. He fucks. From 1964, it's a single. My buddies and me are getting real well known. Yeah, the bad guys know us and they leave us alone. And then later he goes, we always take my car because it's never been beat and we've never missed yet. With the girls we meet. I like how he doesn't actually say that he is one of the bad boys. He says the bad boys just leave us alone. Yeah. So like, this is... <laughs> this he's aware lyric, that he's not cool. Well, this lyric's like, the bad boys know... Like, we're, we, we have a reputation. The bad boys leave us alone because they know not to mess with us. My car is undefeated in races. And I've never once... Never once have struck out 
picking up a woman. So I will say there's no world in which I believe oh, any no, of these lyrics. No. Especially because an album before you were talking about chugging root beer at the root beer stand and now you're out fucking smashing every night. Absolutely not. <laughs> You've never been rejected, which is like when people say things like that, you know, they're lying. Yeah. Cause it's like, okay, yeah. if you were like, I'm moderately successful, about 60% of the time I try to strike up a conversation with a woman, it is like works well and we have like a casual thing afterwards. I would believe that. Yeah. You know, I would believe that. But if you're like, I've never once ever been rejected. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's a red flag. That's a red flag immediately. It's a red flag. And I also, that's the type of person I'm wondering if they've ever spoken to a woman. Oh, they're still virgins. Yeah. They're zero for zero. Uh, also, oh, I will say, if you're at home listening to this podcast, Google the Beach Boys 1963 <laughs> when the song was written, I believe, and tell me if you think the bad boys would leave them around. If they look like the type of people bad boys would just know not to fuck with. They don't. Yeah. Look, I'm so- we just have to be honest with ourselves here. The Beach Boys, as influential as they are, and we keep saying this, but they're just not like cool guys. Sorry. Yeah. I don't think of them as cool guys. I think of them as cool. <laughs> later later on, I think they have the bad boy side, I guess. Yeah. But like... Well, so I will say one thing. We've done a couple of these podcasts and we've done many... We've, we've talked about lyrics from many artists who are just horny all the time. We did Red Hot Chili Peppers. We did Lana Del Rey. We did The Doors. We did run the jewels, right? We did all these like very sexual lyrics. We haven't done those for the Beach Boys yet, but it is funny to me looking at their lyrics, how many of their songs are simply about making love, but it's in the most... Very wholesome. Wholesome way of, yeah. It, it, and it's like, there he's talking about like sleeping with various people and he's like having a good time, but they're not, it's not done in a way that makes me want to take a shower when I listen to the song. It's almost like you, you blink and you miss the fact that the song is about like having multiple like sexual encounters, you know? Well, to me, a lot of their stuff on a lot of the early stuff that we're talking about just Mm -hmm. reminds me of like, uh, like a back to the future 1950s where it's like, Mm -hmm. we're going to go to the sock hop and we're going to dance and we're going to get married afterwards. Hmm. Immediately afterwards in high school. Yeah. Immediately. We're going to lock lips and then, Go to straight to a shotgun wedding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's that's the thing. It's like this is for as lame as we make fun of this. This is like clearly I'm sure when these lyrics came out, people are like, I can't believe they're singing about this. I can't believe they're getting down with people and, and they're doing it out of wedlock. And very curious yeah. to hear the Wilsons or I guess Brian is Brian Wilson still alive. He is right. He is. Dennis Wilson is, is not, dead, though. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to hear Brian Wilson's take on WAP. Yes, I would. I like. To, we know Meatloaf's take on WAP, which we talked about on the <laughs> yeah. podcast. Where Meatloaf, Meatloaf does of, not like WAP. Meatloaf thinks the song is just abhorrent. <laughs> Meanwhile, Meatloaf <laughs> released a song where he like uses someone stealing home as a metaphor for like doing it. Well, no, I don't. I actually don't think that he thinks of it as abhorrent. I think he's just like it's shocking, and people used to hate on me because my song was so sexual, and now my song is like a Sunday school song compared mm. to WAP. That's what, what was, he said. What was funny to me about Meatloaf's statement is that he ended it, it was like, dash, meat, 
like his, his as if Loaf is his last name, so he could just call himself Meat. It's like, excuse me, Mr. Loaf is my father. Call me Meat. <laughs> Loaf. <laughs> oh my god, that's killing me. What do you think his middle name is? Meat marinated loaf. <laughs> Tender. Steelers <laughs> is this is dead right now. It's also you're not you're not laughing into the mic like normal, so it just sounds like you've disappeared into nothingness. <laughs> because, because it's gonna I it's I can hear myself laughing. Okay. It's gonna clip on my end. Alright, give me your, your uh, fourth lyric, <laughs> you loaf aficionado. <laughs> Loaf. <laughs> His last name is Loaf. All right. It's like Meatloaf actually isn't a stage name. I came out this way. <laughs> if your last name is Loaf, your first name has to be Meat. It does. Or you could be Bread and that's it. <laughs> so fucking stupid. This is so stupid, but I'm dying. <laughs> okay. People listening are like, why are we going on a tangent about meatloaf when you're discussing one of the most influential rock bands of all time? You, you for like, some reason, are talking about meatloaf? <laughs> People see him on the street. They're just like, meat. <laughs> hey, can I get your autograph? Meat. Also. <laughs> <laughs> what? What do you want to say? Like, so boom he's just such a fucking boomer like you call yeah. meat like come on meat meatloaf is the most boomer of entrees that it makes sense <laughs> that meatloaf the singer is extremely boomer these days yeah meatloaf. Right. <laughs> Give me your fourth here we go uh it's from the song when i grow up oh, also from nice. that same album from the what, album, what is this uh, album that you keep drawing from again uh the beach boys today it's the one right before Pet Sounds. Uh, the lyric is, When I grow up to be a man, will I dig the same things that turned me on as a kid? Will I look back and say, I wish I hadn't done the things that I did? I wish I did not I wish I hadn't murder. done... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that the answer for this is 100% yes. If social media has taught anybody anything about what you have thought or posted as a kid uh you so, will absolutely have regrets okay. this whole song is tell great. me tell me lyric again <laughs> um when i grow up to be a man will i dig the same things that turn me on as a kid well i look will back i dig the same things that turn me on as a kid yeah will okay. i look back and say i wish i hadn't done the things i did I will say that I assume obviously it's not, it's a non-sexual turn me on. We don't have to always be sexual on this podcast. We I know no, it means I agree. I agree. It's, it's but like then things the next that he verse, liked as a kid. Here's the thing: the next verse he says, "Will I look for the same things in a woman that I dig in a girl?" Okay, interesting. I will say a couple things based on these lyrics. One is when I was a child, one thing I enjoyed doing was helping my mom in the garden and <laughs> digging nice holes. And filling them with water and giving baths for ants. I was making a swimming pool for ants, what? which I then what? realized was murdering ants. What did you say? Uh, Wait, did you say humping your mom? 
helping. Oh, <laughs> wow. Helping my mom. In oh the my God. I thought that you were making <laughs> some kind of joke. I was like, what the fuck? It's <laughs> just also such an out of character joke for me to make. <laughs> just like wildly out of character. Um, and I would, I would make a swimming pool for the ants and then I realized I was killing them. And so that was an interest of mine as a child. And now as a 28 year old man, no longer an interest. So I will say, no, I'm not always interested in the same things I liked as a kid. Well, it also makes me think, is there anything, is there any time in your life, this would be the time to share it, like an embarrassing story or mm-hmm. some, a fun, like regret that you have, uh, you want to, you want to hit us with one of those? A, like just an embarrassing story of, yeah, or just like a regret or something that you look back on, you did as a kid and you're like, whoo, jeez, that was embarrassing. Or even not as a kid. Even I, like for yesterday. some reason, have this memory, which is like slightly embarrassing, but it's not that like, it's not a bad thing or anything. Just like I, as like a first grader or kindergartner or something like, and you know, when you're a kid and you just like say anything, like any thought you have to your, have in your mind, like becomes mm-hmm. a story you instantly share. Yeah. And so when I was a kid, I was very much raised on like classic rock music. Like my favorite bands growing up were like the Talking Heads and like, um, I don't know like I remember really liking Pink Floyd like way too early just like random stuff I remember in first grade the teachers like anyone have anything to say and I raised my hand and I was like hey you know that like the band Leonard and Skinner is named after their gym teacher and and Leonard Skinner wasn't actually a member of the band that was that's what I said <laughs> like there was there was nothing grade to prompt that <laughs> whatsoever was it was a fun fact that blew my mind i guess when i learned it and i was like also they use y's to replace the i sound isn't that nuts unprompted whatsoever and what was the response the classroom response rousing applause people yeah. lifted me up and they're like lucian be our god you are our shining light <laughs> wow i think the response was probably just like okay um Anyone else want to <laughs> tell us a fun fact? Uh, What's your embarrassing funny. story? I don't, I, you know, I, I thought about this, like asking you this and I was like, I don't know if I can think of anything like off the top of my head because I'm so Any perfect. embarrassing stories from your I'm life? I'm perfect. No, I, I, I pretty much have always gone through life as a perfect human being and I've never done anything embarrassing or bad. That's really good. I'm very glad for you. Yeah, wow, but so I definitely... like, what's an embarrassing story, Lucian? I share one. From the deepest, <laughs> darkest depths of my childhood. Yeah, that's why I asked you. And floating on, yeah. <laughs> moving by. <laughs> that's why I asked you first. I didn't want to share one. Uh, Damn. I, I mean, there, I feel like there was definitely stuff. Uh, like, like I always had uh, phase... I, I, I always had phases early mm-hmm. on in life. Like, fa- like... I had this really big basketball phase mm-hmm. where you, tell me you wore yeah. basketball jerseys all the time, basketball right? jerseys. And like my bar mitzvah was basketball themed. And <laughs> no, then I you had dunk like, your, uh, I, yeah, I had, so I don't know. What <laughs> it's embarrassing to say. Cause I, it, it's so fucking dorky. I had basketball shaped yarmulkes. Oh yes. Yeah. I love, okay. First of all, I, as a, as a non-Jewish person, I love sports branded yarmulkes. <laughs> Whatever I see a kid with like a Mets yarmulke, yeah. I'm like, kid, you're after my heart. <laughs> <laughs> you could wear one. Because I feel like there are a lot of Mets yarmulkes. Yeah. 
That's like a <laughs> very like supportive team yeah. in the Yamaka community. The Jewish community. Yeah, I feel like you're right. Uh I yeah, so that I had like the jersey phase, the basketball phase, and I had like a spiky hair phase where I like spiked oh, my wow. hair up like a punk rocker. When was the spiky hair phase? Uh eighth grade. It was right after the basketball phase. Oh wow. And uh yeah, people didn't like it in my school. People don't like your spiky hair or your yeah, basketball they did, phase. They didn't like it. They didn't. Oh, they didn't. They. <laughs> I feel like no, but like <laughs> they didn't like any of it. <laughs> they're like, mm. they're like, no. We have this very specific view of who you are, and you don't play basketball, and you don't listen to punk rock music. What do they want you to do? I don't know. I really don't know because I was like, I, I don't have any view of myself. I'm just trying shit out here. Yeah. They did not yeah. like it, though. Uh, That's so why yeah, you had no school were... pride. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have any school pride. I don't think anybody did, though, really. So let's uh, let's do I, we have two, one more lyric each. And then I want to tell a Beach Boys story about Charles Manson because I think that's fun to get in the real bad boys. So as we've progressively gone through Beach Boys lyrics they've gone in more bad boy e right mm-hmm. so this one pure unadulterated bad boys from california girls from 1965's summer days and summer nights mm. with three exclamation marks um the lyric is well east coast girls are hip i really dig those styles they wear and the southern girls with the way they talk they knock me out when I'm down there. The Midwest farmer's daughters really make you feel all right. And the Northern girls, with the way they kiss, they keep their boyfriends warm at night. And then he gets, uh, goes, the song goes on. And it's basically like all those girls are paltry in comparison to California girls who are the pinnacle of the girl pyramid, according to the Beach Boys. It's Katy Perrying in them right now. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Katy Perry has a Explain song California me. Girls. That's okay. Not, it's just California Girls. And of course, like, the, I think like back in the USSR kind of like makes fun of this sort of thing where it's like, you know, you can girls really knock me out. Um, so what's very funny to me is like, we're saying the Beach Boys don't get around. Then they release their song, I Get Around. So now we know they get around. And then they release California Girls, which is a song that basically shots fired at every single woman from all over the USA other than California women's women. <laughs> Basically it's like, it's also the song that's like comes from experience as if they've sampled. <laughs> yeah. They're like in a grocery store. Like I'll try a little, I'll try a little Southern girl. I'll try a yeah. little Northern girl. Try a little farmer's daughter. Ooh. It seems pretty like clinical. It's like, well, Eastern girls, well, they're hip. I really like the styles, but, 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 Midwestern farmer's daughters, they make you feel all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like as he's having sex, he's like thrusting. He's like, yeah, this is like a California girl, but not quite like a California girl. Are you, you're a farmer's daughter, you said? Okay, I, I get it. <laughs> yeah, it, it feels like that. It's like as if we, th- this, this band went from, ultra lame to suddenly having sex with people from across the USA. Yeah. 49 states, all nothing in comparison to California. And I will say, so we sometimes go to genius.com to check out our lyrics, right? Mm -hmm. 
and people annotate them, right? Like sometimes you'll click on a lyric and someone's like, this lyric means whatever. Whoever annotated this lyrics, these lyrics is a very horny man. Because basically it's very obvious what the song is saying. It doesn't need an annotation. And yet what they did is every single <laughs> place and girl, they put a photo of like, a very scantily oh my model God. in the most stereotypical like outfit of that place. So it was Jeez. like East Coast girls, and and then it was like Southern girls, the way they talk. And then the annotation was like, a, like a scantily clad like cow lady, and it was like. By the way, there was this study that said that 17% of Americans prefer the Southern <laughs> accent. They find it the sexiest accent in the world, oh and it's like, God. dude. We don't need that information <laughs> that to enjoy this lyric. <laughs> yeah, that's going way beyond analysis. That's yeah, that's going way beyond analysis to also, you, why, for why this you, man's masturbation session. That's not a good statistic. Seventeen percent. That's very low. It was the highest percent, according to, to all the accents. How, how many accents are there? I don't know, man. Just ask this person on he knows genius dot com. Who just like listens to California girls and just is like, whap. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So you want to get into the Charles Manson story? I know I have his lyric from Pet Sounds. You want to do my lyric first? You want to? Yeah, do your lyric first. Okay, we'll end with Charles. We'll just tell the Charles Manson story because people back home are like, "How are these root beer chuggaluggers hanging out with Charles Manson?" I don't get it. Here, well, okay. So Pet Sounds, (laughs) uh, the song Sloop Sloop John B. Sloop John B. Classic song. Yes. Uh, The poor cook, he caught the fits and threw away all my grits. And then he took and he ate up all my corn. Let me go home. Why won't they let me go home? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I have never... This is such a famous song that I've heard so many times. (laughs) But... To, to break like, it down as if you were in the ship with these masochists who eat your food, <laughs> lock you in your door, and won't let you leave. <laughs> it's so funny to me. He, th- he ate up all my corn. <laughs> He's like, He no! threw away my grits. <laughs> Not the corn, anything but the corn. Please, just let me go home to get some corn. <laughs> Imagine it just like breaking down. It's like it's been a hard day. The chef threw away my grits. And I'm like going back and I just like sitting down and I oh go to the fridge in the commissary of this boat and I open it and my corn Tupperware is there and it's labeled Lucian's corn. And I open it <laughs> and there is one it's just thing of corn. It's just one loose corn kernel. Loose corn kernel. And I just throw it to the ground and I look and the captain or whoever's just laughing at me and I'm just breaking down. I'm like, please, please, I'm seasick. I'm weak. I'm, I have not been fed. I need my corn. Days. The doctor said I need to have my corn. Who ate my corn? Give me the lyric again. Okay. <laughs> Give it to me. Give it to me in like a way that you're like in the midst of like a really... Like I'm, I'm so emotional over this. Like you're in therapy for this, and you're breaking down. Lucian, the poor cook, he caught the fits, and he threw away all my grits, and he took, 
and ate up all my corn. Let me go home. Why don't they let me go home? That's the what do you think the cook's getting the fits means? Like he just he got the bends and he went crazy and then he just started doing insane things to food. Yeah, or just he just like went nuts. He went berserk and he just threw out grits. He's like that's his way of going crazy is throwing out the grits. <laughs> the like lost verse of the song is the cook went crazy. I saw him pouring syrup all over his chest and rubbing it all over. <laughs> <laughs> Why won't they let me go home? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> He took my corn and he started rubbing it all over his crotch and then he had some other guy lick it up. Why won't the they chef, let me go home? The chef started calling me Charles and that was the name of his child who died in the war. Please let me go home. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you think they'll let him go home? Is he in the army or is He's he just like a, he, at a bad summer camp? Oh, Well, the song is about uh, they went sailing in the mm-hmm. Bahamas and they like got oh, drunk. Buku. I think they got, yeah, this is the ultimate white people problem song. They got drunk and they got like, pulled, the constable pulled them over mm. and they got thrown in the brig or something. They got oh, like not the brig. put in jail, in like Bahamas jail. And that's what they're oh. talking about here is that like they're being tortured in jail, I think. Thank you for that. Thank you for knowing that, actually. That's really interesting to me. I had no idea. Yeah. I always just like it's a complainy kid. No, and, and it's it interesting it because, is, it's just like, like... We got too drunk in the Bahamas in a <laughs> chartered boat. Yeah. Yeah, it really is the ultimate white people problem. And also, like, of all the things that could have gone wrong when you take your chartered boat to the Bahamas, like, you're upset because the cook ate your corn. Yeah, that's we're the in prison. Problem you have right now. The worst thing that happened to us in prison is that the cook ate our corn. That's it. We got released. <laughs> anyway, who's, love who to wants to go down? Women to, across the forty nine states. Well, yeah, who wants to go down to chug a lug some root beer? Listen, we were just chug a lug and some root beer. We weren't doing nothing else. We weren't chug a lug and no beer. We weren't chug a lug and no cocaine. We were just <laughs> chug a lug and some root beer. Listen, officer, you gotta believe me. They, they all go to the officer. Listen, officer, he thinks he's drunk. We just gave him root beer. He's not drunk. But I, I swear to God, give him a blood alcohol test. And he's like, what? Who ate my fucking corn? And they're like, I swear to God, he's not. It's all root beer. Let me go home. <laughs> all right. So, damn, this is fun. I like these beast wrestlers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what a range. Um, so I just wanted to talk a quick story about the Beach Boys in their career because at some point there was this overlap with Charles Manson. If you don't know Charles Manson, um, you probably should. <laughs> but he's this hit new artist. Hollywood. Yeah, Charles Manson basically quasi-cult figure in the 60s in California. Had a lot of pe- lived on a ranch. Had a lot of young followers who he listened to the Beatles album, the white album. And he basically viewed every song as like a message to start a race war (laughs) essentially. And that the Beatles were like, you have to start the race war, Charles Manson. So he had his followers, which were called the family kill some people and they killed some people. And basically that was your really big moment in the sixties. Some people are like, that's when the sixties died when free love went too far and Charles Manson is just like crazy. So he was a very charismatic person, Charles Manson, which is why he had a lot of followers. So Dennis Wilson, who was the drummer of the Beach Boys, brother of Brian Wilson, picked up some hitchhiker someday and they're like talking about Charles Manson. And basically at some point 
1968, Charles Manson and a bunch of young women that were his followers lived at Dennis Wilson's house. And they had LSD and they had a lot of sex together. And Dennis Wilson at some point was like, okay, this is a lot. And he tried to get him out of the house. And at this point, apparently the Manson family living there had done in current money over $750,000 in damages (laughs) just living in the house. How How the fuck? How? Just like they accrued that much. They were just like that reckless. They fucked So, so hard. It broke the walls. Basically, Dennis Wilson moved out of his own house and had the landlords evict them. And also, another crazy thing is Dennis Wilson essentially took a Charles Manson song and changed the lyrics, and then it was released as a Beach Boys song called Never Learn Not to Love in 1968. So the Beach Boys basically have a song that was written by Charles Manson. And Also, how rich do you have to be to be like, you know what? I don't like these guests I have. I'm just going to move. Yeah. Well, so basically, yeah. And then Charles Manson this whole time was trying to get a record contract. And Dennis Wilson's friend was Terry Melcher, producer at Columbia Records. And Charles Manson was like, listen, I want to impress this guy. And he never impressed him. I think he got like burned by Melcher. And that's when basically Manson was like, you got to murder the people that live at this house. It was Melcher's old house, but he had moved. And that's where Sharon Tate lived. And she was murdered. So he, anyway, also Dennis Wilson and and Charles Manson had a fist fight at some point and Manson threatened him. So the fact that Dennis Wilson survived this period of his life is nuts. The fact that he survived living with Charles Manson is nuts. But just look at that. This, this band of nice little crew cut, uh, dorks living with basically like a cult figure who Got people to murder for him. So, badass, would you dude. That? Badass. badass. Would you rather hang out with the crew cut nerdy beach boys of the 1961s, 62, mm-hmm. or Charles Manson and his family? 100% Who Charles would- Manson. <laughs> so much more fun. The beach boys, nerdy crew cuts, would. I want to punch them in the face sometimes. I feel like I just really want to play Bananagrams with the beach boys. That's a great game. Yeah, I don't really know much about Bananagrams. I just feel like it's the type of it's thing like, that gets like the Beach Scrabble Boys rock game. hard. That's <laughs> like it's like Scrabble. <laughs> okay. All right. So I think we're done. Should I should I tell people what to do? You got tell any them. more? You got any more jokes in you? Uh, nope. I'm joked right. out. Andrew Stieglitz is joked out. I gotta have some water. So guys, we're done here. The Beach Boys episode, we're done. No more Beach Boys. But hey, listen, great career, great band. Check out Pet Sounds. Listen to all these lyrics. Reminisce about what it was like to be white in the early 60s and having (laughs) privilege. Um, You can follow us, The Lyric Boys, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, at The Lyric Boys. It would be really cool and it would help our we would flip our lids if you would like and subscribe to our podcast on spotify apple music literally wherever just like and subscribe leave a five star review we would love you forever for that we'll also post spotify and apple music playlists of the songs talked about today on our social medias and if you want to email us and just say hello hi how's it going how are you 
you can email us at lyricboyspod at gmail.com. That's Gmail as in Georgia mail. Nobody, <laughs> nobody needed that clarification. No one needed that, but I thought people needed it. All right, that's us. That's uh, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta get out of here and get to Chugalug and some root beer. Hell so yeah, let's ch- Chugalug. Seaglets, you got any last words of wisdom for this for our lovely audience? Uh, why don't they let me go home? <laughs> yeah, I won't. <laughs> I won't let Andrew go home. All right, guys. Have a good one.